0: You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. Welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you all for being here and joining us tonight, uh, or today, or whenever you're listening to it. Happy New Year, first and foremost. I know it's a new year, and hopefully we're moving on to more uh, more normal, whatever that means anymore, I don't even know, but uh, more, more normal than 2020, anyway. Uh, we're in 2021 now, and uh, the sky's the limit. Hopefully, we'll all have a great time uh, moving forward, but got a brand new show for you. Um, and I'm really excited to share this with you every week. This is a truly one of the high points of my life is doing these shows and, uh, knowing that so many of you out there are listening and enjoying them. So thank you all again and again and again and again. So, um, if you've got paranormal experiences of your very own, I'd love to hear from you. You can always email me at paranormal portal radio at gmail.com. And, uh, Get in touch with me, and uh, we'll line you up and uh, dial it in and get you on the show and where you can share your experiences. It's uh, always a, a amazing to hear from you guys, to talk to you one on one. Those of you that have experienced a lot of craziness, uh, I know it's sometimes hard to make sense of it all, but it's a lot of a uh, lot of uh, interesting stories, and I'm I'm always blown away by the things you guys have seen and been through and experienced. So, uh, if you have some of those stories, by all means, reach out to me again, paranormal portal at gmail.com. So I got a great show lined up for you today. In fact, uh, this is one we haven't done a whole lot of because most people, uh, when they reach out, they, they've been coming on the show lately, but some people just don't like to do the whole public speaking and, uh, you know, they get a little tense about it and I understand, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled to read your guys's uh, stories as well, and that's what today's show is. A bunch of listeners have sent in their own experiences, and uh, they've been seeing some pretty crazy stuff. So uh, it'll be a, it's always a great pleasure to read those and uh, to be the voice of your experiences here on the show as well. So I hope you guys are ready because this one's gonna be good. All right, everybody. Um, as I said, we're going to be doing listener stories tonight, listener emails from actual listeners of the show. So uh, the first story tonight comes from a gentleman named Raul, who's a podcast listener. He says, uh, here's his email. It says, greetings, Brent. I just found your podcast and I really enjoy it. I've been into the paranormal all my life, reading about it, watching it on the late night TV as a kid, and especially hearing stories from my family. When the adults would talk and I was supposed to be asleep, (laughs) a lot of times I would lay in terror on about what they were, what I had heard, but I kept doing it every chance I got. I would, I would like to share a story of a possible time slip that happened to me about seven years ago. I used to live in garden grove, California. My mom lives in Anaheim in the home of Disneyland and the angels baseball team, which is right next door. I would go to her house every Wednesday to have lunch before I'd go to work. I took the same route every time down a major street called Catella, which runs along one side of Disney. And anyways, this particular Wednesday, it had been raining, so the sky was all overcast and gloomy. I left the house at about 11 a.m., and it would usually take me about 15 minutes to get to my mom's house, depending on the traffic, even though she lived about five miles away. It could take up to an hour sometimes with traffic and bad weather. I crossed the first major intersection, a street called Brock Brookhurst, rather Brookhurst. And I felt like I just woke up, like I'd been daydreaming or something and just snapped out of it. I'd been driving no more than five minutes when this happened. I felt lost and disoriented. I could just could not get my bearings and looked around and I didn't recognize anything. And I thought to myself, I must not have been paying attention and took a wrong turn somewhere, but that couldn't be because I barely left my house. Then I thought maybe I'd been having a stroke and there was a radio commercial playing around the same, uh, around that time for things to look for, to identify a possible stroke. And I did a quick self-check and decided I wasn't stroking out. I slowed down and I looked around and could not pause, could not recognize anything, not even one building. Now, mind you, I'd been driving down this exact same route every Wednesday for several years. I knew every building and fast food joint and and car wash along the way. I can close my eyes and still see everything. This particular day, I was like my first day on this road. Then I realized there were no people walking around, which is not so strange because it had been raining before, but then I realized that there was no car traffic, nothing on the road except me. That was really strange because, like I said, this particular street runs along Disney, so there is always traffic. Always, I kept on driving slow, looking around, and then I started feeling scared. I could feel a major freakout building up, so I picked up the speed a little bit and my head was like on, on a swivel, looking left and right just to try to identify one thing. I had probably driven about three miles, maybe five minutes, when the light ahead turned red. I slammed on my brakes and fishtailed into the intersection, and when I looked up, I instantly realized where I was at, across from a Buddhist temple if you look it up. Everything was back to normal, including pedestrians and car traffic. Somebody honked because I had blocked traffic, so I waved a sorry gesture and took off to my mom's house. I had told a few people about this, but they all thought I was full of crap, so I stopped telling it. Please feel free to use it if you like. It's 100% true. I believe it happened to me anyways. Thanks and hope you enjo- hope to enjoy more of your podcast from Raul Braceno. Wow, that was excellent Raul. Thank you so much. Um that is weird. I don't know what happens when those things go on. Um certainly it's something we've discussed many times on the show, but you know, it it really makes me believe very much that I really think that, and this may sound weird, but this is me, you know, throwing around ideas about, about this, this event in your life. And, and it seems like we really are multidimensional beings. Like we really are. Um, and I think our dreams and astral projection and other things kind of demonstrate that. And, uh, maybe perhaps in those weird moments when these things just go sideways and things don't make sense is when we're suddenly hyper aware of a different dimension of ourselves. Like we come become aware of a part of us that exists differently than the normal part that we use when we're awake and running around. I don't know. It is absolutely fantastic and, and bizarre and strange, but really cool. I think that these are really powerful uh, things. And again, now some people may hear this and think, well, that's just when things go goofy or wonky or you know, the quote-unquote glitch in the matrix. But I think these things are the breadcrumbs. They are the clues. They're the things that show us how dynamic and and uh, diverse and, and full of mystery our, our reality actually is. It's just, we're aware of such a small part of it. And, uh, you know, this these events definitely have to open your eyes, I would think. So I'm glad you made it back for what it's worth, Raul. But, and, but <laughs> I don't know for sure what happened to you, but... Uh, I can tell from your story that it was a hell of an event. And thank you so much for sending that in. Well, next up, we got an email from Eve from Iowa. And she says, Hi, Brent. I recently started listening to your podcast on the Pandora while I'm at work and doing paperwork and other activities. And I guess I should preface this with, I am a funeral director in Iowa and have lived at two funeral homes during my schooling and while being licensed. Many of my friends call me the Disney version of Wednesday Addams because I can be dark and morbid one minute and then cute with sunshine and rainbows around me. This might be a little long and rambled, but I apologize. Anyways, I've had a few experiences that you might find very interesting. When I was an intern, so back in 2014-2015, I lived at a funeral home and had a few weird things happen to me. I had met, it's in quotes, met, one of the the owners late at night. I was on my way to my apartment and had to pass through the office, and he was there sitting at the desk working away. The thing is, he had passed away many, many years prior. I had mentioned this to my boss, and he said, Oh, yeah, that's Mr. Snell. Later that year, I was watching television with my friend, and I always set the alarm whenever the office is closed because I'm paranoid about people breaking in. And the alarm went off. I went and read the code given and it was a motion detected East Chapel. Now there was no one in the building, living or otherwise, and I never figured out what set off the alarm three times that night. Maybe it was Mr. Snell just checking up on the business or maybe it was a spider, but either way, it freaked us out. (laughs) That's the one place you don't want to get a motion alarm. Move ahead a year and I'm I'm working at another funeral home and everyone talks about the founder's wife, Ruby, visiting to make sure everything is in tip-top shape at her funeral home. Anyways, I was there in the wee hours of the morning taking care of a client that I had then I heard movement in the hallway. So I went to check it out. No one was there. So I go back to work and I hear the noise again, go back and again, no one was there. So. I get the bright idea to say, hi, Ruby. Don't mind me. I'm just working back here. And after that, I didn't hear anything ever again. I told my coworker about what had happened, and she also had a similar experience. At the same funeral home, cross-state trips at night were common, and a number of these trips, I would be completely exhausted because I might have only had a few hours of sleep. Anyway, usually on my way back to the funeral home, I would often see the black dog running along my van. And this would usually happen when I would need to take five and take a stretch so that I could wake up. And anyway, I would see this dog. I always knew it was time for a short break. Otherwise it could be bad news. That's really cool. Huh? I never heard that reference to a, like a, a, a ghostly dog before, but that's really awesome. That's really cool that you figured out what it meant. I think that's, that's the amazing part. Nothing too exciting has happened at the funeral home I'm at right now. I've been here almost three, uh, for three, almost four years now, but I recently lost my hundred year old grandmother in November, 2020 due to COVID. I'm so sorry. Anyways, when I found out she, uh, found out she was, as we call it in the industry, actively dying, I was completely devastated because I had no way to say goodbye to her or go see her because I live four hours away. One of my close friends gave me the advice to meditate and try to reach out to her, that way to say goodbye and tell her that I loved her. That night I did just that, and it brought me much comfort. I went to bed, and around 3 a.m., I woke with a start. Normally, when this happens, I'm usually startled, but calm down and fall back to sleep. But this time, I woke with a sense of peace and calmness, and quickly fell back to sleep. At 7 a.m. the next morning, I got a text from my mom that grandmother had passed away at some point in the night. I'm still waiting to find out what time she passed, but I genuinely believe that it was my grandmother coming to say goodbye before leaving to be with grandpa who had passed 11 years earlier, almost to the exact day. Anyways, these are just a couple of the stories that stick out most to me. Uh, If I think of any others, I can send them your way. Feel free to share these stories on your show. I'll be sure to listen in more on YouTube live streams, just in case I hear you talk about my experiences. Hope you have a blessed day. Eve from Iowa. Wow, that is wild. And you know, I got to say, you know, I don't know. Uh, It it seems to me that some of the people that would be most prone to ghostly experiences and encounters would be morticians. Those people that prepare bodies for for funerals and for, you know, the final goodbyes and such. And I, I, I gotta say it doesn't surprise me at all when I hear that that is indeed the case, because I suppose there's plenty of, you know, maybe sometimes that, that passing comes really quickly and there's a confused spirit still attached, very much attached to their body. And then you know in other cases, it's maybe there's not much else to do. I don't know. It makes you wonder, but uh, there does seem to be a common belief around the world that uh, the spirit's our spirits do stay with our bodies for a period of time after our passing before we pass over to the other side. And, and perhaps that's, you know, that stands to reason that, you know, it's hard to know, but thank you so much for sharing those. I, I find those absolutely fascinating and I'm really honored to hear them and uh, that you sent them into my show. That's wonderful. Okay, folks, we're going to take our first break right here, so uh, don't go away. We'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a moment. <laughs> hey, guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it. You might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com stores paranormal dash portal. And you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do. And thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. to the show. Um we are going to get right back into it here with uh our next email is coming from Cheryl from North Carolina. And she says, "Hi Brent, this is Cheryl from North Carolina. I wanted to share a good paranormal experience I had surrounding my mom's death in 2015. I've had many paranormal experiences in my life, most of them creepy or even frightening, but I will share some of those at a later date." I consider myself to be somewhat empathic. I feel and know things about people that I have no reason to know and can definitely pick up their energy, good or bad. I believe in God in heaven and hell and in angels being our guardians. I thought this one is the one to share as it's a nice experience. And after listening to your programming, hearing that you are open to stories of angels and experiences of more spiritual nature, I thought that I would share mine with you and your listeners. In April of 2015, we were given the bad news that mom had stage four colon cancer. My dad was also sick and on dialysis, and he ended up beating her to the other side by about five weeks. In the interest of keeping it short, I won't go into those details. My parents lived in the Chicago area where I also grew up, and I decided to go and stay there. The day I arrived around the beginning of July, she was in very bad shape. My sister was there, and we ended up calling an ambulance, and that was the last time she would come home. Fast forward a couple months, and she was in palliative care facility, and death was impending and inevitable. I was there at this point, day and night, going home to sleep a few hours and coming back in the morning, and she was in and out of consciousness, but would always seem to come, too, when a visitor came with an I love you or some other warm words she somehow made sure we all knew how much we were loved. She also seemed to be in a different dimension. She would mumble things like, it's so beautiful. And once she called me her Myrtle, she called me Myrtle, her grandmother's name, a woman that she never knew. It was as if she had one foot in an alternate reality and the sense of peace in the room was nothing short of supernatural. I couldn't see them, but I know there were angels surrounding us. I could feel it. I kept looking around the room expecting to see one just at any moment. I was grateful, though physically uh, she was facing unimaginable horrors. Her mind, from what I could tell, was not experiencing the same. Mom's favorite book was Arnie the Darling Starling. I remember through the years her mentioning that I should read it and that I'd enjoy it, but uh, like a lot of bratty kids, I ignored the parental advice and one night we got back and was looking for something to read and just to help me to sleep. And I happened to see the book on the shelf. Well, I got the notion that it would be nice for me to read it to her. So we could have something special that we could do together. By this point, mom was very sick, sleeping most of the day and barely able to communicate just a few precious words here and there. And I began reading the story and funny thing was that whenever I would read her eyes would stay open and she would seem to be listening intently. I believe she was. This went on for a couple of weeks. In the mornings I would come in and read several pages. It was a little scary that towards the end of the book, some of the things that were happening to Arnie in the book were happening to mom at the same time. He was also experiencing the same stages of death at the very same time. The, the, the evening came that the story was done And in the end, Arnie the Darling Starling died. The next morning, shortly after I came in, my mother passed away too on September 17th. And it seemed that she was waiting for our story to end. My husband did a photo montage video with music for her memorial service. And one of the songs he picked to go with her earlier photos was Van Morrison's Into the Mystic. She was Irish, and it seemed fitting. At first, I i didn't like it for the video, but on the second listen, I realized there was no other song that would be more perfect. So that's the one he used. I wasn't familiar with the song, but the words, or the weeks that followed her death, every time I'd be in the car and feel a flood of grief come over me, the song would suddenly begin to play on the radio, and I knew, like I knew, she was with me. Different stations would be playing it, and... And I mean, every time. And it was a lot in those first weeks before then I'd never even heard this song. Once when my son called me extremely sick, had gallbladder uh, from his college dorm, throwing up everywhere and asking me to come help. And I rushed out in a panic and on came the song and a hug from mom on her first birthday after her passing i asked god if he wasn't too busy to let me hear the song as a sign that she was with me and and sure enough the song played for me i had my window down and a white feather floated in and landed on my lap i have no doubt whatsoever that those were not coincidences but signs from my mom from heaven i believe her angels were getting me those messages I ended up getting a Celtic moon tattoo and two birds, a baby bird following behind her mama, and the words, Into the Mystic. The morning after she died, I was taking a walk around her house, and a young deer was there in a wooded area nearby. I made several rotations around the block, five I believe, and each time the deer was still there waiting for me. At least it seemed... For an entire hour or so, he stood there in the same spot, as aware of me as I was of him. It felt supernatural. Many other little things have happened with birds and butterflies, two of her favorite things. Unexplainable or natural things, maybe, but I don't believe they were because the accompanying feeling was purely mom. And that's it for now. Thanks for your podcast. I'm really enjoying listening and have a Merry Christmas and a very happy 2021. That's really beautiful. And, and I'm nothing short of honored to hear such a story and, and to have that shared. And I think those things are so personal and, and all, all of these paranormal experiences I think are personal, but the ones like this, I think are very intimately personal and it's, it's really incredible to be a recipient of, of your experiences. So thank you so much. That really means the world. And the good news is, is that a few days later, another email showed up from, from Cheryl again, and she said, hi, it's Cheryl again. I recently wrote you about the angelic messages I received during and after my mom's passing in 2015. As promised, here are a few of my darker, more chilling experiences with a very bright moment thrown in because why not? right moments are good. <laughs> they, they are indeed. I've had a myriad of things happen to me over my life. And I believe that my experience increased after a negative experience with a spirit board. When I was 14, I recently had that experience validated when I was watching a paranormal show and they mentioned the same, the name of the universal spirit that we spoke with that day chills rolled up my spine i still don't like to talk about it so i'll leave it there but i will mention a doll that i had she was maybe three feet tall and she was one of my favorites as a child i felt an eerie feeling that surrounded her surrounding her rather and she would seem to be moved or even moving and staring straight through me i didn't wait for anything else to happen i threw her and the board out I was going through a dark time, getting into trouble, skipping school, doing drugs and drinking, etc., but more on that later. Years later, I was sleeping in my boyfriend's bed at his parents' house. He was in a different room, and I woke up, and to my horror, the bed was surrounded by dark figures. People. I didn't get a great look because I was terrified and quickly pulled the covers up over my head. But I can reasonably say they were not from our time. The cover stayed up and uh, over my head for a long time, and when I had the courage to look, they were gone. Later, I moved into my first apartment on my own. The landlords were Croatian and didn't speak a lot of English. It was a house in Chicago near Midway Airport where I worked at a car rental place, and I uh, I was renting the second floor. From the very first night, there was a dark presence. I slept with the lights on and I was always scared, day or night, in the shower or on the couch. Scared, always. One day I came home and a lamp was turned over. My phone was on the floor and there was a number, phone number, scribbled on the wall in pencil. There was no sign of anyone breaking in. And I called the number and someone answered, speaking Polish or maybe Croatian. Not really sure. and Maybe it was a deceased family member of the people who rented it to me and they were pissed that I was there. Well, I didn't stay to find out. I broke my lease and moved to Florida to stay with a boyfriend. It was just too freaky. And I always believed in God because of my Catholic upbringing, but I thought that I was probably going to hell based on my dead, my dead may care history up until then. One night in my mid twenties in Florida, 1200 miles away from my Chicago home, I was feeling anxious and afraid and very alone, as I often did. I saw a book on the shelf of the the room I was staying in, and it was a a Christian book. I I don't remember which one. As I was reading, I felt convicted. I felt a presence. I felt fear. I got up the next morning. I had a flight back to Chicago the next day. I became terrified to get on that plane. I feared the worst. I feared a crash. My boyfriend talked me down. He was a pilot and I ended up boarding the plane. The attendant could see my anxiety and I told her I was afraid that there could be a problem with the flight and she assured me I was wrong. She asked if I'd like to talk with the pilot, but I declined. I begin praying feverishly like I've never prayed in my life up until then for myself, for the passengers, for forgiveness. I prayed that if he'd get us all safely out of this, I'd make a permanent change in my life. We took off, and I continued to pray with white knuckles. Ten minutes into the flight, the pilot announced a technical difficulty. The wing flaps were not functioning properly, and he had to turn the plane around and head back to Tampa. The next minutes were the most terrifying of my entire life. I was sure death was coming, but thanks to the grace of God, we landed safely. And when I arrived home on a different flight the next day, completely calm and without anxiety. I told my sister and her husband what had happened, and they were both Christians, and helped me sort it all out and um, start my relationship with God. Anyways, fast forward again. I'm married now and living in a two-room apartment with my husband and our two infant sons, born 14 months apart. For a few weeks every night, I would wake up at exactly 1.01 a.m. Well, I found this weird and a bit unsettling, but whatever. I didn't dwell on it or give it much thought. One night I woke up and looked at the clock, 1.01 a.m. Just then, my son's toy, the kind that's shaped like an octagon if that you put plastic shapes in, and it says the shape when you put it in. Well, it began sounding off the word star, star, star. Creepy, right? The next night... I wake up again and look at the clock. It's one oh one. And again, moments after, the toy sounds off. Star, star, star. This continues the next night. And that day, I removed the batteries. And that night, again, the eerie proclamation. Star, star, star. Nope, I threw it out and was grateful the next night when it wasn't back again. At our next apartment in North Carolina, my son's remote control trained toy would run on its own. The remote would either be upstairs in his room or in the closet, but it would just run all by itself. Many times there and at the house I'm in now, I would hear my husband come in whistling like he does and be 100% certain that he was home from work. And I'd begin a full on conversation with him only to find out he wasn't there and would come in several minutes later. In our home now, I've had several experiences. I was in our church band and practicing singing a song and recording it to see how it would sound. And when I listened, there was an EVP on there and it said F U, but not abbreviated, of course, loud and clear, by the way. And I said, nope, threw out the tape and ignored it and prayed. I had a cell phone that I suddenly couldn't take a selfie on that wasn't blurred, no matter how hard I focused on trying to stay completely still. Again, I said, nope, and got a new phone, and ignored it, and the last big one I recall was when my cousin suggest- requested a family photo of us for a family tree thing he was working on. Well, I'd recently loaded all the old photos into my computer and deleted all the photos off of our digital camera, so I knew it was empty. I set the timer and took a couple of test shots on our couch where I planned for us to sit. And when I looked at the photos, there was a picture of me with a comforter I didn't recognize over my head and the the my hair peeking out from under. Again, I said nope, that didn't just happen, and deleted it and went on with my life. One night I was awoken out of a deep sleep to a loud frantic mama directly in my ear. I was alone. In the bed, and no one was in the room. My boys were sound asleep in their beds, and older by then. The same thing happened another night, but that time, it used my name. I prefer not to entertain these things because I believe it gives them power. I have a strong faith and rely on God and His angels for protection over me and my family. I believe I'm probably somewhat empathic and feel and know things about strangers that I have no reason to know, and I can sense when a person has good intentions or bad, which is probably why I'm drawn to your show. Oh, that's cool. Good vibes, my friend. I believe I could easily expand on this if I choose to, but I do not. I believe we have to be careful because the dark one is always there lurking around the corners, trying to get a foot in through any cracks we leave open. Anyway, those are the ones that stand out. There are a lot more little things like the TV going on or off and things I'm looking for ending up in strange places. But those are the highlights. Thanks for sharing this. Thank you for your podcast and what you do. It's really awesome. I feel you actually have a heart to help people. What a rare rare concept these days. See you around on the portal. (laughs) Peace, Cheryl. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. Um, again, these are beautiful stories. Very, very wild. You've definitely seen a bunch of stuff. There's no question. Uh, I I really respect the fact that you've you have such a, a grounded approach to it all. Though I think that that's huge. Uh, fear is crippling. Fear is, fear is is, uh, you know, it's a surrender, and you're not allowing that. And good for you. And that's why you remain empowered. You know. I really think that, and I think you're right. I think that faith is very powerful, and of course, uh, you know those who are diligent in their faith receive protection. I think that's very true. So, but thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it, and uh, I can't, you know, if anything else comes up, please keep them coming. I love, I love reading them. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in hey everybody welcome back and we will kick it off with some more listener emails and uh this one's this one's cool because of course the the submitter is Bennett guest on the podcast before. And, and, oddly enough, another person that had listened to the paranormal portal podcast mentions this, this person as well, which is really cool. But this following email is Annie from, from Washington. And, uh, she was a guest on the show as before. So she made a couple appearances. So let's read what she had to say here. It says, hi Brent. This is Annie in Washington. An interesting coincidence, just days after your last podcast. My son and his coworker had a space slip last night, Tuesday. They were on one freeway and planning on di- diverging onto another freeway on their way home from work. Suddenly, they were several miles down the road past their turnoff, both in shock. His co coworker said, what just happened? Not only that, but there was a billboard with the exact same sunset view that was in front of them in real time. The sun was in the same place in in real time as on the billboard. My son thinks it has to do with G5 and they were next to a G5 tower when it all happened or 5g I think is is how it's more better known uh, when it happened. Your experience was before 5G in the middle of nowhere uh, in Minnesota, right yes, it was it was long before that it was just basic cell phones back then so and some years ago, I think it was god it was. It was in the 90s somewhere, maybe in the 2000s. No, it was in the, it was in the 2000s. It was probably about maybe 2004, 2005, right in that range somewhere. I, you know, I'm terrible with dates as it is. I I have a hard time remembering when anything happened to me. I just know what happened. Go figure, right? Um, She said, I've heard of a couple of experiences that were before 5G, but who knows? Maybe there is something in the 5G frequency that could cause it there's certainly com- controversy about how much of the electromagnetic soup we live in is affecting us. That's true. I'm um, I'm aware of a lot of the controversy there. I don't, I don't pretend to know enough to be scientifically, uh, informed about it, but I have definitely heard a lot of, uh, red flags being waved about the 5g thing. And I hope, I hope that's not true, but uh, again, I don't pretend to know. So, um, just uh, if you're interested in learning more about that, do your research, go out there and look and find information from sources you trust and uh, make your own decisions. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that that phenomena is reliant on 5G, but it may exacerbate it too. You know, I mean, we know so very little about the world we live in. So it's hard to know how all these frequencies we're spitting out can affect the natural world and the, you know, the multiverse around us. Um, it says, here's another very short story for you a relative had a beloved pet pass away and she was alone one evening shortly after and toys started moving around by themselves. I thought maybe it was her dog's spirit, but maybe being so upset and grieving her loss, she had unknowingly done it herself as she had at least once before when she was very upset teenager. Best regards. Well, thank you so much. That is wonderful to hear from you, uh, Annie. I appreciate it so much, and it's always great to hear again from you guys. You know, don't think that if you email once, that's it. I, you know, any any follow-ups and stuff, I love to hear as well. Um, that's pretty wild. Uh, I do think it's very possible. I don't. I don't know this person. I don't know what other thing they had done when they were very upset. But I do know there's there are people that I have met. <laughs> And that when they become emotionally charged, things happens happen around them, and I, you know, it kind of lends leads me to believe there's something to the poltergeist uh, theory that people are manifesting them themselves. Uh, maybe there is something to that. Uh, it's hard to know for sure. It seems like a stretch, but I've seen when when people get mad, I've, I've seen the days get dark all of a sudden. I've seen uh, you know lots of strange strangeness in that regard. So. Maybe it is possible she did it herself. That's true. Um, but it's a beautiful thought to think that that pet was still there. And that is how it was telling the person, look, I'm still here. I'm with you. And uh, I won't leave you. I like to believe that they're always with us. Like our pets, our, our our bonds with our pets don't end with the life cycle, you know, the body cycle. I don't think so at all. I think there's a special, amazing, unique bond that happens between pet owners and pet lovers and their pets. I think that their their souls are intertwined and they become a part of each other in a very, very profound and spiritual way. And I don't think that they just go or they just get turned off like a light switch. I think they're with us. I, I've had many dreams of my old dog Zena she was a beautiful german shepherd um <laughs> she was almost more human than a lot of people i've ever met just with her personality and and uh, you know the depth of her uh, was just amazing but uh she's come to see me in dreams i think it's real feels real feels more real than my waking life and uh you know it's it's beautiful moments and i've talked to plenty of people who've called in Uh, to the live show and, and through emails and they've said, you know, my pet passed away, blah, 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 you know, a couple of years ago, but I walked in the kitchen. We still have the pet bed there. And I looked down and my pet was in there. My pet was there. And then I kept walking just because it was kind of a passing glance. And then I realized my pet passed away and turned around and look again and it's gone. Um, I've experienced uh, people sharing that with, with me and on the show, um, a few times. It doesn't come up often, but it does happen. And I think they, they might just linger with us. And then, you know, I, I don't know, there's like a poem called the rainbow bridge or something like that. And it goes basically that, you know, the pets don't go away. They just wait just so they can cross the rainbow bridge with us together or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably brutalizing that in my recall, but <laughs> the point is that I do believe they're with us and what a beautiful thought that is. Right. So I got an email here from Joey. I says, Hey Brent and Don. I'm a long time listener of your podcasts and YouTube shows, though. I I would finally like to share my stories of the paranormal. And unfortunately I can't tell a short story. Well, that's okay, Joey. Cause you got a story. We got the time for you, brother. And Joey says, my very first encounter with the paranormal was in 1993. At the time I was a security guard and worked the split shift two nights a week. I would work third shift from 11 at night until seven in the morning uh, ideal job for a college students, and the facility I worked for was tucked away in the woods. Two-story building that housed labs, offices, a library, cafeteria, a large building. Every door in this building required a key card for access, which was connected to my computer in the office. My office had a large window in the front of my desk that looked out onto the parking lot. To my left was the check-in window and the door that led to out. into the hallway. I was sitting at my desk reading a book to to the light of the computer monitor and I had this feeling that there was somebody watching me. I looked up from my book and in the reflection of the glass, I could see an old man standing directly behind me in my office. As I slowly turned around, I knew what I wanted to say and began with, I didn't know anyone was here tonight. However, nobody was standing there. Even though this was close to 30 years ago, uh, the man's image is etched into my mind like it was yesterday. I would place his age at around 60. He had white hair but was balding in the center. He was wearing a suit and a tie. And in the time I had been working for the company, I knew every name and face that came through that door. I had never seen this person before. After the incident, I got immediate chills and I turned on every damn light in the office and went outside and chain smoked for a good hour. I don't blame you, man. That would oof, that would be really, really freaky. I passed it off as my eyes playing tricks on me out of fatigue. Didn't mention what, what happened to anybody. Yeah, I don't blame you for that either. The next incident, same place, was again reasonably late at night. I'd just completed my round of the entire facility and during my walk... I didn't run into anyone working late into the night. I sat in my office and plugged away at my Game Boy to pass the time. I heard footsteps coming down the hallway. You could tell by the sound that whoever it was, they were still a good distance from the office. Well, I went through the motions of pulling out the employee log for the person to sign out, indicating that they had been working during the after hours. The footsteps got louder and closer, but my curiosity was making me wonder why this person was taking so long to make their way to my office. I peeked out the door and the footsteps stopped. There was nobody there. I know what I heard. I mean, I pulled out the logbook for this person to sign out. And once again, I just passed this off as delirium caused by fatigue and just kept the matter to myself. The third incident that took place, same facility, happened at early morning hours. The cafeteria staff had one person that would arrive at 4.30 to begin set up for breakfast. The rest of the staff would trickle in after 5. I walked along with the employee down to the cafeteria to unlock the kitchen door. We entered the dimly lit cafeteria and the employee I was escorting stopped walking. She just froze. We were about 10 yards from the kitchen door and I asked her, Did you stop walking because you saw someone walk past the window on the other side of the kitchen door? She acknowledged, yes i told her to go back to her car and i'll check out the kitchen the door leading into the kitchen is a strong metal door with a window about 12 inches by 12 inches the door is always locked unless staff are there again there's nobody in the building and every door in the facility requires key card access i opened the door to the kitchen turned on every damn light and again nobody one way in one way out It was this incident with a witness that convinced me that this place had some activity and always helps when someone's there to share it. I shared this incident with my captain when he arrived that morning and he went on to tell me about his own personal experiences in the building, which were very similar to mine. In 1998, I moved into the Chicago area. I was renting an apartment with a friend of mine in the Naperville area. When I, uh, we had a pretty nice setup. My bedroom had a walk-in closet that was so big. I could have rented that out as a room. The place didn't give me any weird vibes. If I had the opportunity to live there again, I wouldn't pass it up, even after this incident. I've always been a light sleeper. Slight noises will wake me up and make me pause and listen for a moment before attempting to fall back to sleep. One night, my girlfriend had decided to spend the night, and we went to bed, and during the night, I woke up to a noise. I raised my head, and although the room was dark, my eyes were adjusted enough to see outlines of furniture and doors and etc. My closet door began to open slowly, and as it opened, I heard a whispered female voice say, It's just me. Go back to sleep. Now, as the door opened, I never saw the figure of a person, just the darkness of the closet. For whatever reason, unknown to me, I accepted the assurance of the voice and fell back to sleep. In the morning, I recalled what I had experienced and asked my girlfriend, why were you in the closet last night? Now, this closet didn't hold any curiosity secrets to a girlfriend, just clothes. No risky magazines, no pictures of ex-girlfriends, nothing condemning. Well, she gave me a look as if I were crazy and insisted that she was never in my closet during the night. And her getting out of bed or getting into bed would have woke me. Very strange. But nothing else happened in this apartment. In 2010, my wife and I moved into a home in Carroll Stream, Illinois. The previous occupants were the original owners of the home from the day it was built. And my wife was friends with the family. My workday was a pain and I would wake up at 4 a.m. So I could be on the train at 4.30 to get into the city by 5.30, followed by a bus to get me to work by 6. I did this to avoid the two-hour drive home from from the city to the burbs. Plus, I could sleep on the train. One morning upon arrival to work, my cell phone rang and it was the wife. Upon answering, she immediately says, why are you home? Now, our dog was a barker at many things, wind, a fly, (laughs) a fly urinating, any damn noise. And after I would get dressed for work, I would shut the bedroom door to keep the dog from coming downstairs. Otherwise, she would bark and wake up my wife. In a non-understanding tone, I said to my wife, I'm at work. What's going on? She went on to explain that she was getting ready for work and the dog began growling bedroom door still shut and she said that he she had heard someone run up the stairs and stop outside of our bedroom door and she said that she called out my name but i didn't answer so she decided to call me i told her to hang up call the police and sit tight with the dog with the bathroom door locked instead she opened the bedroom door and the dog let the dog out when our dog didn't bark she decided to head downstairs and search the house every door every window was shut and locked tight There was nobody in the house. Same house. Couldn't tell you if this next event was soon after the stair incident. A week later, two weeks, etc. My wife, dog, and I retired to bed, fell asleep, and woke to the dog growling, which then turned into a bark. Of course, the bedroom door is closed. I began walking downstairs, and as I'm walking, I can hear our refrigerator chiming, which tells me the door is open. I get into the kitchen, and our double-door fridge is wide open. Now, if this fridge was open for longer than 20 seconds, this chime would go off and tell us to shut the door. After a certain amount of time, though, the fridge would just give up and stop chiming. We couldn't explain this incident. Same house, but something I regret is not trying to capture the source of the sounds on camera audio or audio. It could have been done. I just didn't think to do it. From watching paranormal shows, including yours, of course, (laughs) well done. Well, nice save. That's good. Uh, There's always talk of residual energy, like a playback or of a scene that repeats itself. After the fridge event, I had heard the noise on the staircase myself. And whatever it was, it scared the hell out of me two or three nights a week, between the hours of 2.30 and 3.30 a.m., I would wake to the sound of someone running up the stairs and stopping outside of our bedroom door. But what is odd to me was that the dog didn't hear it, or and the wife didn't hear it. The only other incidents that happened at the house were the sounds of someone running up the stairs. The previous owners have four daughters. Even though they are still alive, could they have been the source of the residual energy? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean... Um, I'll share a story after I read this. I guess I don't quite understand that, but honestly, whatever this was on the other side of that door gave me a fear. I wasn't curious at all. I just wanted out of that house. I don't blame you. That's creepy stuff. My other stories relate to my grandparents. Let me, let me just share a quick story uh, having to do with residual energies and I really didn't know. I didn't, uh, for a long time, uh, in my years of searching and, and, you know, research in the paranormal, I it always seemed to me that residual energy was something that, you know, happened over time. And usually the, the people, whoever created this residual imprint had passed on themselves. Um, I never thought of it any differently until I came upon a story that I shared on the, I think it was on the YouTube show. And the story was, is this young couple had gotten together and they fell madly in love and, and they got married and, and, uh, they had just bought their, their, their house and were all getting settled in and stuff. And she became pregnant, uh, which I think that might've been one of the reasons they were looking for the house. So I might have that a little bit of out of sorts, but, um, the story goes that he, ended up getting shipped off over to Iraq or Afghanistan. And uh, she was uh, going through her pregnancy alone, uh, which is already hard enough, but she's going through this pregnancy by herself and uh, has this house by herself and her, the love of her life and father of her unborn child is gone and he's overseas. Well, one day the the obligatory people show up at the door and inform her that her husband had had perished in a, I think a improvised explosion over there and and he had, he had died unfortunately. and so she's heartbroken now she's in a brand new house that was meant to build their future, carrying their their child and she was devastated. and she she would talk about being very pregnant and going through all of this on her own and, and including all of the mourning process and she said being very pregnant one of the only places she could really cut loose and let the tears fall was standing at the sink and so she would put her her belly on the sink uh edge and she would just stand there and bawl and cry and cry and and let that pain out and she, this was a real ritual for her and eventually uh her family or friends or a combination of both said you know you should really uh sell the house and you know you don't need that much room all by yourself with the baby so you know they came to terms with that and she decided to do that she sold the house and uh she remained really close friends with the neighbors uh, and she, she, she moved on to a different place and lived there. And she had made a visit to the neighbors the, her ex neighbors and uh, stopped in to see them. And she asked, well, how's the house going for those new neighbors? And they said, they said, apparently what they shared with her was really shocking. And that was that they love the house, although they are haunted by an apparition of a pregnant woman crying at the sink in the kitchen. And so this woman was very much alive and had managed to, with all of that emotional release and energy had left her imprint that started repeating soon after she left and the new (laughs) owners of the house were dealing with this. So I just was blown away by that. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, So anyway, let's move through this uh, more of this uh, email. It says my other stories relate to my grandparents and an uncle of mine that recently passed away. They were, Uh, they were only dreams, but I've read that when important people in your life have passed on and they want to speak with you, they talk to you while you're sleeping. I agree. That's happened to me several times. Um, my my grandfather sends me messages on occasion. I miss him a lot. My uncle had a lung transplant and was in the hospital for over a year. His new lungs eventually would become infected. And this caused his demise. My aunt and cousins took his loss very hard and still do. My uncle came to me and said, tell my family that if, if they ever want to talk, I'm listening. It was such a strong message, but it's hard for me to decide if I want to tell them about this. Was it just a dream? Um, I've shared many times on the show my encounters, but most, most pointedly with my own dad when he passed. Uh, he passed and I was out here and there, my family's from Minnesota. So I wasn't there and, and it was very hard, you know, it was, it's tough to mourn at an absence and try to piece this all back together. And, you know, all the things you wanted to say and didn't say, whether through pride or through, you know, whatever reasons. And, and now it was just going to be luggage that I had to carry. And I had a dream. My dad was there and I was in his living room and it was so real. It was real without a doubt, and he and I talked, and we embraced, and it was real. And, and I woke up with just tears rolling down my cheeks from my sleep. I woke up with these beautiful, happy tears that I had finally had that moment to share with him. Do I think it's real? Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but it was such an important dream for me that it is real to me. Um, other people may argue and say, no, it's just a fabrication, and that's fine. But to me, that dream is real. And so I, I, would, I would suggest taking it very seriously, that it was a very real thing for you as well. Um, this one is Jamie's story. It says, my last story I want to mention relates to my current home in uh, Lombard, where I live next door to a funeral home, which sounds morbid and almost like an invitation to more, more BS. <laughs> but in my time here, I haven't experienced anything. So before I had met my wife and I'd gone to a couple of dates with someone that just happened to have worked at the funeral home next door to me, she would do the makeup for the deceased. And she had told me a story that shakes me up every time I tell it because it involves a child. Oh, that's such a heartbreaker. Oh, my God. A little boy was brought into the funeral home. My friend was prepping him, and the boy's parents had stopped by, and they dropped off his favorite blanket and his teddy bear and asked if she could make sure these were with their son during the night. He may be scared without them. Oh, my God, it breaks my heart. My friend ended up staying late into the evening, and as she left, she got into her car, and she realized she forgot to leave the blanket and the bear with the little boy. She rushed back to the funeral home in tears and panic and immediately placed the b- blanket and teddy bear by the little boy. She apologized to the little boy and afterwards she said the lights went off and came back on as if he was acknowledging her apology. Not a flicker, off and then back on. For your information, one of my favorite podcasts was number 116 and number 122 with Annie from Washington. She's a great storyteller. That she is, my friend. That she is. Uh, thanks for taking the time to read my stories. I'm a believer. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to both of you. Take care. From Joe. Well, thank you, Joe. Those were amazing, and I I love that you took the time to write all of that out and share it with us here. Um, I, I loved your stories. I thought they were very well done, and uh, you've seen some pretty incredible stuff yourself. And, and it really is, ladies and gentlemen, my, one of my favorite parts is to hear directly from you guys what you're experiencing. That's just incredible. And thank you so much for sharing that with me. So I hope you all have enjoyed the journey. I know I have, but uh, we've run out of emails for this episode and time. So that'll about do it for now. All right, everybody. Well, that wraps it up for us here tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this. But I hope you enjoyed this show. And thank you again to all the people who submitted emails and shared their encounters and their experiences with us. Uh, There's brilliant stories, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And I I, I truly feel honored every time I I receive those because that's a lot of trust you guys are putting in me. and, And it means a lot. And I know the rest of our listeners are going to love hearing about your experiences as well. So thank you. And if any of you out there have experiences, please, by all means, send them in. I'll be happy to share your experiences, or you can be a guest and share them yourself, whatever you want to do. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. Please continue to c- continue to spread the word about the Paranormal Portal. Uh, it's really great, again, hearing from new listeners all the time. And I know that's all because you guys are helping people find out about us. And uh, if you want to follow us, you can do so on Facebook, facebook.com slash paranormal portal radio. And there's also a paranormal portal fans page that's been started by one of our, our listeners on the YouTube show. And so if you want to check that out, look for paranormal portal fans on Facebook as well. I'm over there quite a bit uh, myself because it's just neat to see what, what people are talking about over there. It's a great place to share uh, stories or links or anything else that you want to talk about there's a lot of uh, wonderful people in there, so you can check that out but um we are also on twitter at paranormal portal p o r t l and uh, you can check us out there if you're a uh tweeter a fellow tweeter you can uh you know uh, follow us there i am not really good on twitter but I'm working on it uh and we are also on parlor we're also on mewe um I think on the MeWe, it's just Brent Thomas. So I don't think the show is actually there, but uh, it kind of is through me. So I guess that counts. But um, we are um, doing a lot of shows live. If you ever want to see the shows happen <laughs> then tune into uh tune, tune into youtube.com slash paranormal portal you can check out our show there please become subscribed over there and uh hit the notification bells so you're notified every time we're live but we're generally doing live shows um let's see wednesday through sunday i take monday and tuesdays off so because uh, you know i need to rest <laughs> But anyway, I love you all. Just going to share that. I uh, hope you had a wonderful holiday season. Once again, thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening and continuing to tune in. Please get subscribed. If you like what you're hearing on iTunes or on Stitcher, leave us a review. It would really help us out a bunch because uh, I know I look at reviews when I'm thinking of listening to shows. I always check out what people are saying because, uh, you know, you guys are the ones listening. So uh, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please leave us a review. Uh, I'd appreciate it a bunch, but I love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice, take care of each other, help each other out, find the magic in every day, and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody.